Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacekeeping is often synonymous with diplomatic exchanges in the halls of the United Nations. Few would look to a beauty publicist as a goodwill ambassador. However, when war broke out in Ukraine, Anna and Alina, former fashion publicists, turned their camera from mascara and blush to capture those blindsided by Russia's attack on Ukraine. I'm your host, Marisa Sinclair, and you're tuned in to The Marisa Report. And you can't really believe, like, when you, when you never uh, had this experience in your life, uh, you just don't understand what does it mean, actually, like, what, what I'm supposed to do, like, I'm in my bed, I'm in my flat, so, like, some country invaded my country, what, what am I supposed to do right now? So, like, I started, like, checking on my friends, and, like, one of my friends had to come over for breakfast in my place, and, like, she texted me, like, we packed, we are like, it's like the war has started and I'm not coming I'm not coming and I'm like I tried to wake up my mom and like trying to ask my parents what to do like she had no idea as well so it was like super messy and it was scary but like for me like I had this reaction I didn't have the reaction to run somewhere I was just like I froze I literally I was like you have like no thoughts in your head and you just like don't know don't know what to do so I was like in this state for like maybe half a day actually and like and and for me it was the same reaction too because uh, in the morning my dad called me at 7 a.m and uh, told me that the war uh, that Russia has invited uh, Ukraine and uh, uh, it was uh, it was so shock I think uh, and uh, really you you can believe in it in this moment, when they hear it, it's like it's just insane. In the 21st century, it uh, sounds like something unreal. And uh, then you're trying to realize uh, what's happening on, and uh, you're trying to think some options, what to do, to run, to stay, to what to, what to go, to take your uh, clothes, uh, to contact your parents, uh, to take your cat, run or not to run. It's uh, so many questions and you have no answers. Actually, like before, so we had this like rumors and this like prognosis from US actually about the possible invasion like since couple of weeks so like we kind of had this information before that it might have happened but you like me personally like I didn't believe it so like it just feels so insane that it's actually can help that someone can do this uh that you you barely believe it so for me it was like very hard to um, like I didn't go anywhere, I stayed in Kiev and uh, like it was really hard to proceed um, in this kind of state. And thank you for sharing that. Like, um, you know, we, like you said, um, it's no secret that it's unex it was unexpected, but just to hear firsthand, you know, I can only imagine the state of shock and terror um, that you were in. And like you said, you know, you think like, oh, it's almost something out of a, it. It is. It will be something in a history book, but I can only imagine it's like something out of a history book for you. Or you, like you said, in the 21st century, like, I can't believe this is happening. So you are a photographer on a, you're a photographer and people are grappling with their own emotions. Like um, there's, I can imagine like within your familial unit, just sort of, you know, s safety is your main concern, but what gave you the urge to go out and, you know, photograph 
you know, the horrific events that are happening? Uh, it was uh, the second day of war and uh, we, was, we were in the bomb shelter uh, from the night before. And uh, in some moments you, you're just sitting and uh, uh, just going crazy. <laughs> and uh, uh, I had my camera with me and uh, I, I, I tried to calm, calm myself. And then I took my camera and started to take the photos of all the people that was in shelter. And uh, I had no ideas, I had no plan. Uh, that wasn't something uh, like a, a project, <laughs> I just uh, reflex. Right. And, yes. and. Uh, uh, I think this is, this is the thing that I can do well. So in, in such moments, uh, uh, I'm trying to do what I can to do, to show the world what's happening. And so those photos, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking what you're saying. And um, so even, you know, in the midst of pain, in the midst of tragedy, you, you wanted to really like make a difference or see like photographs became your contribution. How are you faring? Do you have like mental health check-ins with your family? Because I can only imagine, you know, like a lot of the reporting that we see in the U.S. is sort of like large scale, right? We like we see the displacement, we see, you know, the separation between families, but we don't necessarily like we can't really see or we can only imagine like the effect on the individual psychologically. Um, did you, can you, any of you speak to that? Um, what is that like? Or how have you, you know, been able to tend to your mental health during this time? Uh, well, yeah, like for me, um, I think like first, when when the first like shock uh, like fades, you start to like, that's how, how my mind my, my, my works. So like, I'm always like say, saying to myself, like, okay, we can do this. We can like go through this. So like, even though like uh, some of the therapists, they like, say, uh, if you want to comfort someone, don't tell them like, be strong. Da, da, da. So because right. it's like, a bad, it's bad advice, but like, that's how I talk to myself. So I'm like telling myself, like, be strong, like you can do this. So for me, uh, like first two days were the hardest when you just like cry when you have shock when you're checking on your parents every like every explosion because you hear explosions all the time you don't know where they are and you you just like keep texting like is it close to you are you safe is it okay so this like and you constantly like watching news and it's making you crazy because like you're on your phone all the time and uh, on the second day we're like eventually when Anna started taking photos so I'm like a PR manager and I'm like I'm used to like talk and I'm used to writing a lot so like she she did those photographies and I and somehow I thought okay we probably can tell a story with this photography and with my like with our contribution with our um sharing the emotions and like how how we feel like what world needs to do about this because like all the friends that were texting what can we do uh, like how can we help so we were actually trying to figure out ways to help so the first way obviously is a contribution to like army so it's like you can donate and all those things. But then the second important thing is to share the right information. So you go like you need to write about what happened. So it's not the 
some sort of operation Russia has in Ukraine because like that's what they sell say in their propaganda news. For example, this is like the this is the war, this is the invasion of the country. So you need to tell it in whatever country you are. And like through the through the work and through the like working with all the media. So I just tried started to contact every every journalist I know and like trying to uh trying to ask what, what kind of information they need uh, from us. And we just started working all the time. So basically like first maybe seven days, we were working full days and it, it was like exhausting, but we were just like book, so booked with work that we didn't really have time to cry, you know, to cry, <laughs> to, to cry, to have like hysterical, some, some kind of thing. So for me, it was like, just keep your mind busy with work and try to like be optimistic and try to believe in the president, try to believe in the forces, trying to believe that you're protected. So for me, it was just like uh, fighting your own desperateness, fighting your own inability to change anything and just concentrate it on something you can actually do yourself, something you can control. That was like my thing. So you mentioned, like you just said that you worked at Estee Lauder previously in yeah. PR, right? So yeah. you, you went from, you know, public relations and marketing for fashion and makeup to yeah. a humanitarian crisis. Yeah. So yeah, I can only imagine, but it's, it's interesting to see how those, you know, those skills have translated and now you're able to use it, you know, not to glamorize it or anything like that, but yeah. how you've been able to use it in the fight for justice. Yeah, I was I was joking that I'm now a PR manager of Ukraine, uh, <laughs> yeah. because like obviously like lots of us, lots of people lost their work because no one needs fashion and beauty right now. So basically, what I'm uh, earning for life now, and like same for Anna because she's uh, working for like fashion photography, all this like commercial shooting. So like no one needs this right now. Like, but we can uh, use our skills to to make a difference. Uh, from our like from our places like doing what we can so yeah yeah like we were uh actually working uh we we did few articles for vogue and you start you started talking about like female bodies so actually the previous uh um previous issue of vogue was uh detected to, it was about the body it was about perception of bodies uh in like in culture in ukraine so we actually we shifted from like very uh, Vogue and very like fashion like to topics that they normally discuss like now Vogue is writing about war in Ukraine where is like all the fashion like no one stands aside like fashion is always uh, pretty much always aside of uh, like this kind of like conflicts and kind of political politics politics in general but now uh, it's just something you cannot ignore so everyone is talking about this and uh, I think until it's finished until until this crisis is done until uh, the the forces the Russian forces are out of Ukraine uh, we cannot stop talking about it. we cannot forget about it after two weeks like like it happens normally so our our job our job is to to make this news, spread this news as much as we can. So if um, somebody from the US or, you know, a, a anybody around the world, you know, wants to help, what are the, um, what are those organizations that you can actually say, like, um, are providing immediate relief to the Ukrainian people? Because I know there's a lot of skepticism around, like, 
donating to certain charities because you don't know how the funds are going to be allocated. So there is like one main one is called Save Save the Life in U- uh, in Ukraine. Uh, we can actually like share the links with you if you want to like put it somewhere. Uh, so yeah, this uh, this goes for like actually supporting the army. And there is like there is Red Cross. Like there's like a lot of uh, foreigners donating there, but we we prefer to give the links for actual Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Um, Ukrainian uh, companies that gather donations because we like we here uh, cannot like control how how the money is spread at that out there. So there are a like, couple of those you can donate and they're like hundred uh, percent checked because in the first days actually there were like few links people were sharing a lot and those were a uh, fraud. Uh, so mm-hmm. like people started creating the fraud uh, donation. Um, uh, like this charity things immediately because that's what people are, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, there are a couple that we can share with you and um, that are actually um, going to support the army. Uh, well, first thing that the world has to understand that um, Ukraine cannot be a shield between Russia and the rest of Europe. So like our main problem in Ukraine right now, so like NATO doesn't want to close the sky uh, like above Ukraine. And this is a big problem for the country because we're getting bombed a lot. And uh, the, the biggest damage the country gets uh, and our cities get are from actually the air. And for now, European Union is standing aside. So this is like kind of our problem. They support us. They like put our flags everywhere. They, obviously, they're making, uh, uh, they're making it hard for Russia to, um, to be like a normal country right now. So there's like a lot of sanctions. There's a lot of things going on, but they're not supporting us in the most important things. And uh, the message we want to spread is that if Ukraine falls, Europe is next because no Sikh dictator ever stopped with one country because like if he gets Ukraine uh, then he wants to get Poland for example and this is like this is you or he wants to get like Lithuania whatever so this is not correct to stand aside and this is not correct to to just wait in until uh, Ukraine will be like protecting uh, the rest of the world from from this like insane ambition so we need to see the actual support that is not just on words uh, because kids are dying, people are dying. They already murdered like over 100 kids. They're bombing schools, they're bombing uh, maternity houses, they're bombing hospitals. Like those people, uh, this is like, the, the, they're even like worse than like Nazis and like their time because uh, they just don't have like any stops and uh, we need more support so that, that's why that's why people need to share the information they need to maybe they have like fellow ukrainians who share a lot of news they need to like repost they need to like to ask the governments to try harder because we hear a lot of words in support we see like uh, we see a lot of conversation going on but there's not not a lot done so we just like alone with our own problems like the country is alone with the problems and and that's not that's not right right so it's it, it has to go beyond you know instagram posts it has to go yeah. beyond facebook posts um. yeah. yeah like that's for example so we don't know like th- this person obviously like mr putin is obviously not uh 
not saying <laughs> doing don't don't what what he does. So this is not gonna be the full stop. This is like it's not gonna stop with Ukraine, and that's the message we need to spread. So uh, isolating Russia is one thing, but helping Ukraine first, like helping Ukraine to protect the sky, helping to Ukraine Ukrainian forces now to fight those people is the the major task because they feel the effect of sanctions obviously but over time and people are dying here now so we need actions right now not something that a country will feel uh in a year for example so what is what does the day-to-day look like for you guys uh they're they're stable for us too because we went to western ukraine so we're not in kiev right now uh because like we left two days ago so when you are far from explosions every day from the sirens, you can like at least have your, you know, you can at least breathe and you you just not horrified all the time. So like after we moved to Western Ukraine, we can say for us is stable, but it's all the same for the people in Kiev right now. So it's not it's not better. It's uh, they they destroyed a couple of cities. Um, they are uh like tighten the circle around Kiev because Kiev is like their target number one so obviously uh, things are not stable we just got used to it so uh with some of them so I, I moved my mom here because like the, the big conflict for elder people is they don't want to leave so they even even though it's dangerous they just don't want to leave their houses so it's like way more complicated for people who are older, especially like grandmothers or whatever. So my mom is here. It took me ages to make her come. And it took her, it took me ages to, because like I was uh, very scared. I knew she was like super nervous. I knew it was hurting her mentally. And all my family also stay in Kiev. And my grandma is 82 years old. And she say, oh, it's just crazy to leave my house. I will be here there. So I understand that for her it's uh, too hard to to leave her home, to be in the road, in the car for two or three days. So I understand her, but uh, uh, it's hard for me that she is there.